0: In the book of Genesis, the Bible says, And they bombed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. But in what sin? after sin had its way, it wrecked us and ruined us, and we were all dead in our trespasses and sins. But then God sent a lamb. Ain't you glad there was a lamb? Amen. And because that lamb died, amen, because that lamb died, we got out of bondage and out of Egypt, came across the Red Sea. They done told Pharaoh, said, when we get three days out in the where God's sending us, we're going to worship based on the third day principle. (laughs) Woo! We're going to worship. He said, well, just worship God in the land. Stay right in here and worship God. No, you can't stay in sin and worship. We're going to worship. We're going to worship based on that third day. Oh, I feel like running a lap right there. I'm glad we worship today based on the third day principle. Somebody say amen. And right now we're rejoicing because he ain't dead, he's alive. And he's not a God of the dead, but of the living. And for all live unto him. They've been three days across the Red Sea. First time there was ever a song sung in the Bible was when they got on the other side of the Red Sea and they got on the sweet shores of God's deliverance and all them Egyptians goes to washing up on the shore. Miriam breaks out the timbrel. Amen. Goes to dancing and singing. Amen. And they sing a song, uh, uh, amen, of redemption. And by the way, uh, that's going to be the last song in your Bible too. We're going to sing the song of redemption. Amen. And it's just been three days Since they saw Egypt's army washing up on the shores. And as soon as they go, three days. They done said, we're going three days, we're going to worship. They done danced, shouted victory, praised the Lord, sung a song of redemption, talked about how mighty God was. They watched God just blow out of his nostrils, according to Psalmist. The breath of his nostrils. Parted the waters on both sides. walked over on dry ground. I mean, they wasn't even enough. They wasn't even enough water for the bounty to quicker picker upper. Amen. To get, I mean, dust balls are rolling out, and they they going over. Amen. Get up on the other side in the same water that opened to deliver them, closed and shut that way. Amen. I'm talking about three days since then, and we find our place in Exodus chapter number fifteen, in verse number twenty-two. Three days has all always been since they were redeemed by blood. Three days has always been, Brother Adele and Missy, since they walked over on dry ground. Three days since they broke out the temple and went to singing. Three days talking about God as a man of war. And three days later, they murmuring and complaining and griping. Against the man of God, against the message of God, and against God himself. Preacher, we would never do that. Oh, yes, we would. According to 1 Corinthians 10, everything that happened to Israel was an ensample to us. That we might learn from their mistake, their miseries, amen, and their mastering. And we could learn something over here in our New Testament life. Is everybody with me? This is not just some story written down by somebody who didn't know what they said. God had the man of God Moses pin these books down for an example for us to glean off of to remind us that five days after we sh- shout on the sweet shores of deliverance, sing the song of victory. Thank God the lamb's been slain. I mean, thank God the Passover lamb, the blood's been put on the doorpost and we're walking out victorious, not cause we're worthy of nothing, uh, but just shouting because we're not in bondage no more, have no work of our own, uh, but the sacrifice of another. And three days later, it'll be just like us at got saved, We'll be blaming God for something. Y'all know I'm right. That's where we're at in our text. Stand with me. We're going to read the text. Pray and you can be seated. Exodus chapter number 15 verse 22. Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and they went out in the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Well, they came to Marah. That's what it's going to be named. Because of this situation, they could not drink of the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, "What shall we drink?" And he cried unto the Lord, "I like him all caps right there." And the Lord, all capital letters, shoot him a tree. <laughs> Somebody hold my mule while well I shall. Which, when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And there he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. And said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, I will do that which is right in his sight. I will give ear to the commandments and keep all of His statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I brought upon the Egyptians for I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am that Jehovah Raphael. I am the Lord that healeth thee. And they came to Elam where twelve wells of water and three score and ten palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. Father, we love you today and pray you'd help me to preach in a power of the Holy Ghost. Help me to be an encouragement. Help me, Lord, to preach this thought that you've laid upon me, and I want to do my best to lay it upon them. Help me to be an encouragement. Help me to stir their heart. Help me, Lord, to, to see everybody here that's got bandages. To put some bomb of Gilead. Help me, Lord, to help those who feel depressed, discouraged. Lord, who feel disobedient. They feel like they don't have it in themselves. To take one more step. Would you help today be the turning point? May today be the day that their heads again lifted to the hills from which cometh their help. I pray you do it for your glory. We'll thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to have to do my best to mind the Lord. You can be seated. I I may be uh, in a different gear today, but I want you to stay with me. Notice, right quick, notice our text is three days after. The redemption song. Three days after uh, the redeeming blood. Three days after uh, they was uh, dancing and singing uh, uh, with timbrels on the sweet shores uh, of God's deliverance headed toward Canaan. Egypt behind me. Canaan before me. And three days later, they entered a place called Mara. I want to preach today, if the Lord help me, on the advantages of adversity, the advantages of adversity. In our text today, we find in the last verse, that you see this place called Elam. I'll say more about it in just a minute. But Elam, the, the Bible tells us this place, Elam, is where 12 wells of water. Uh, John Gill, that great man of God in Puritan days, uh, he said the 12 wells uh, denote the abundant grace of Christ uh, and his ability th- uh, to save the world uh, and reach the nations, uh, the wells of salvation. Uh, it also gives a picture of the 12 disciples uh, who went out with the whole word of God uh, and come together with four books uh, of the gospels uh, to give us that truth. It talks about the seventy palm trees uh, could be depicted spiritually applied uh, to those 70 disciples uh, that got scattered out to sc- spread uh, and serve God and minister uh, the word of God uh, but just friend just for a moment uh, and that is a great spiritual truth uh, and man what an oasis that is uh, they thought they needed Elam uh, it was a place of rest it was a place of refreshing uh, it was a place of revival uh, I mean, uh, just three score and ten palm trees. That's uh, mm. seventy palm trees. Uh, uh, the dates, the the fruit, the fragrance, uh, uh, the fellowship. Uh, I mean, they're having a time over there at Elam, and it looks like they thought they thought that is what they needed. But I want to. I want to try just for a moment to point out sometimes. That what we need is not the Elams of our life. Sometimes what we need is the blessing. They missed it. But the blessing that we find in the Maras of our life. The places of adversity. See, God can take bitterness and dispense blessing. It's not how, amen. It's not God working against you. It's God working for you. Would to God we'd be like Job and say, no matter what happens, if the Lord slay me, I'm gonna trust him. There's blessings to be had. What they really, what they really needed to realize was some advantages that they may have missed back in Marah. But he, and I'll just fast forward and say that it's going to be just the next chapter and just the next few verses that God's going to give them manna from heaven and they're going to have manna in their mouth and Egypt on their mind and if they could have learned what God wanted them to learn in Mara they might not have murmured again in the very next chapter somebody help me I'm at church today somebody help me y'all know I'm right man my God help us Here's what Isaiah 30 verse 20 says. Though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed. Here's what, notice the words that Isaiah used. See, what we need to realize is what Isaiah tried to teach us and he experienced it so he could say it. Isaiah was trying to show us that adversity is a gift from God. Listen to the word again. Isaiah 30 verse 20. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity. Not allow it, but gift it to you. Here I love this. The, the truth of that verse is that, that sometimes adversity is a gift. It sounds like an oxymoron. It's a gift I don't want, preacher. I, but we got to understand uh, how they're gonna get some things at Marah that they're not gonna get in Elam. Uh, there's gonna be some help at Marah that they're not gonna see. And God help us. God's gonna do stuff. for Hey, don't forget the Bible says uh, he's a very, present help in time of need you see here's my burden today here's my burden we hear a lot of preaching about how to make it through the valley but we don't hear much preaching on how to stay true to God on the mountaintop and here's my concern we're gonna get at ease on the mountaintop and get ourselves in a mess somebody help me I'm right the word adversity is found 10 times in you or in 10 different verses in your King James Bible. Hey Amen. Here they are uh, at the end of our text that I read. Cool and relax and rest and revive. And, uh, they're in this oasis called Elam. Uh, but what they often, what they needed uh, was back there in Mara. I want to know, Brother Tony, uh, how, how to make it, how to make it when we have times that are prosperous. How do we make it during days of prosperity? Hey, how do we retain victory in times that God has blessed us in revival times and refreshing what I'm saying is I want to know how to stay true when I'm not blue because friend I can always see God's face when the bottom falls out I need to see God's face when everything's on the mountaintop help me and places of triumph hey man, they often bring pits of testing and I want to know how, what I can learn in those times of testing and that time of bitterness so that I might better serve God when I get up on the mountaintop again. I mean look at it. It's amazing. Here they are. What a change. They went from the sound of the timbrel and to the sound of murmuring. I hear this a few days ago. They were redeemed. They are rejoicing and they've watched. A matter of fact, they've been gathering up the spoil off of those horses and, and armor and everything that washed up on the, on the salt, they're gonna take every bit of that. Uh, and they have the possibility uh, to use it to worship God and serve God. Uh, and got all kinds of blessings ahead of them. Uh, but the problem is, uh, if they don't, if they don't realize how good God's been to them, uh, and realize to stay humble during times of triumph, uh, there's a testing time just three days down the road, uh, and they're gonna miss the blessing. Uh, if they're so bitter, they'll miss the some of y'all, I'm afraid this morning, if you don't watch it, you let testing times make you mad, make you bitter, you hate everything. You get to turn on everybody. And God don't want you to do that. He wants to bless you through those times of bitter bitterness in your life. Are y'all with me? I believe this, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I've been there. I know, so I know what I'm talking about. You've been there. Think about this. I was reading this illustration about a butterfly. A butterfly gets in this cocoon. It's it's, it's bound to be uh, um, a life that is controlled by gravity. It's going to be a worm unless there's a metamorphosis happens then all of a sudden it gets in that cocoon i like to picture that as grace and salvation and in that cocoon there's a change begins to take place a metamorphosis same word when it talks about over in second corinthians 3 about the soul that gets saved there's a, or changed from darkness to light and inside that cocoon If you peel that cocoon back that butterfly will never fly. It is the struggle. If y'all pull up real close, turn turn off the series you've been watching this weekend. Look at me real good. It's the struggle that enables the wings to be strong enough that it becomes a creature of the air that's not controlled by the gravity. Oh God help me. God wants us to be creatures of the air. He wants us hey, not to be bound by what pulls everything down but the only way that can happen is God has to allow struggle and affliction and hard times in your life testing times so that you can mount the air and fly like an eagle. Somebody say amen. Me. there's three things about this Mara I, I need to get and y'all stay with me. Notice in this place called Mara, it is a meeting place. Say so preacher, what I'm saying Mara's the bitter times of your life is a time that you can benefit from it can be turned bad things can be turned into blessings either either we believe Romans 8:28 or we don't you just going to have to make your mind up all things work together for good to them that love God. To them are called according to His word. Preacher, it's all right to say that when everything's going well. You don't know what's going on in nobody's life in this church, and yet of some, for hey man, nobody in here has it okay. They all have different struggles. We are strangers and pilgrims in this world. Amen. This world is not my home. Hey man, I'm thank God I'm leaving out of here one day. We're not supposed. to be at home. If they hated the Lord, they're going to hate us. If they persecute the Lord, they're going to persecute us. We are going to have times of struggle so that we might get stronger to fly above the problems on this earth. Are y'all with me? Notice this is a meeting place. They're going to see something they had never seen before they have been 400 years in bondage no doubt somebody told them Whew. on top of Mount Moriah Whoa! God showed up as Jehovah Jireh he provided a lamb and somebody said glory to God on the sweet shores of deliverance remember thank God about that lamb Abraham had God gave us a lamb too hey man it's so much that some of us our, our home was so little we had to share it with somebody and by the way he's so big you got to share it and say amen. It it was the blood on the outside and the lamb on the inside that made the difference. Amen. We got out of Egypt. Thank God for the lamb. But they're going to get something. This whole crowd's going to get something that they didn't get in Genesis 22, that they didn't get in Exodus 12. They're fixed. I mean, young, old, even the ox and the lambs are going to get a hold of something. They're going to see the God of heaven work they're going to see the sovereign work in Exodus 15 at the waters of Mara, at the bitterness they were having to endure. You see, all places of bitterness are not born out of sin. See, some of you right now are thinking, Preacher, I'm in this shape because of sin. Brother Frank mentioned it Wednesday night. Hey, man. Amen. <laughs> Amen, sometimes sometimes believers get backslidden and disobedient. And so, yes, sometimes God uses affliction to get us to where we need to be. But it's every bitter time in your life is not born out of affliction. In fact, if you were to look in your Bible at all those 10 times that, that, uh, that you'll see uh, this word uh, adversity, uh, you'd see some different things that God used to move his people but when you find this word Mara, you'll find it at least four different places in your Bible three times it's talking about a place and one time it's talking about a person that person remember in the book of Ruth Naomi leaves the place of Bethlehem the house of bread the place of Bethlehem Judea the house of praise and she follows her husband they go over to Moab the washpot, pot out of the will of God and And she loses, went from one famine to a funeral, and then another funeral, and another funeral, and finally she comes back and she says, Call me not Naomi, but call me Mara. They drop the H, same word. Uh, Mara, Mara. If you drop the hymn out of your life, you'll lose something too. Say amen. And she walks up in that place and says, Call me not Naomi, not the pleasant one. Call me Mara, the bitter one, because the Almighty has. Have dealt bitterly. You look in your King James Bible. There ain't nowhere in the Old Testament or the New Testament or anywhere in the book of Ruth that they ever called her Mara. What she was hung up on, Brother Dale, is she is disobedient. She is out of the will of God. She should have came back when her somebody helped me. And disobedience at this time, sin had come in her life and she was backslid on God and God was going to have, he was not going to take, oh y'all stay with me. He was not going to take bitterness and whoop her over the head with it he was going to take the bitterness that she got herself into and bring blessings out of it what I'm trying to get us to see is even when it's sin involved even when you've brought bitterness on yourself God if you'll mind him can take you out of bitterness into blessing and Ruth and her are in the lineup of Jesus hallelujah are y'all with me today it ain't always cause of sin, though. Matter of fact, I'll say this: this meeting place, they're gonna see some things. They're gonna see the sovereign work. And here's the amazing thing: sometimes, probably for all believers, the devil tempts us. Hey, man. And we find ourselves, hey uh, man, thinking about thinking about that bed of roses we had back out there in the world. Uh, think about how we good at how good, and the devil will allow you and tell you now. Look what look what you've done. You decided to follow Jesus, and as soon as you get saved, I'm talking about redemption out by the blood of the Lamb, singing the sweet songs of deliverance, shouting the victory, running up and down, dancing for the, trying to serve God, just trying to do right has no sin involved. You're just following the sovereign's will. That's what's in our text. They went three days like the sovereign said. They went three days. God's guiding them. He's redeeming them. He's leading them. They're just following God. And yet they found themselves in a place of business. Y'all better look up here at your preacher. It's you that I have to worry about the most. Sinfulness we accept. Well, I'm getting what I deserve. But it's when we try to serve God and, and we work for the Lord and all we did was trying to. We're just led of God. We've been, we've been guided by God. We've been we've been shouting to victory. We've been serving God. Uh, we've given God everything He wants. And why is this bitterness? Remember, you'll not be as strong as you need to be unless there's struggle in your life. God's got to take you just like He does everybody else through waters of bitterness. Amen, preacher. To make you as strong as He wants you to make. You're going to see stuff in them. In that pool of bitterness, you're gonna see stuff at Mara. You're gonna get to see the sovereign there. It don't say no word, down there by the palm trees, down there by the wells. You don't see God showing up there. You don't see God speaking there, but they're gonna get to see God do a miracle right there. And if you get mad at God, you're gonna miss your blessing. If you kick out and quit on God, you're gonna miss your blessing at Mara. There's advantages in adversity. See, sometimes we think lying in the bed of roses the world offers... Man, we'll have it made. No, what's happened? What's going to happen is you keep laying in the world's bed of roses, you're going to get pricked by the thorns. Somebody say amen. You can't have the devil's bait if you don't get the devil's hook. Say amen right there. Amen. The world offers you gifts and tries to say, I can give you an advantage. Oh, but listen, if you'll just follow God, his payment is so much better than what the world can give you. The devil's tempted some of you that's been saved just recently. Probably said, well, man, see what, look, look. Oh, man, look look at all the stuff you're missing out on. And they might be, they might be temporary happiness out there, but it's superficial and short-lived. And sin, there is pleasure, but it lasts for a season. But there's nothing like the joy of serving God. You're going to see things you'd have never saw in Egypt. You're going to get to see things you'd have never saw if I hadn't been from Mara. Oh, man, we just need to keep our eyes open when tomorrow happens. Look for what the sovereign's doing. Not only are they going to get to see him, they're going to get to speak to him. The Bible said he spoke to him. I'm standing in your King James Bible. He cried unto the Lord. <laughs> Woo! Hey, Amen. And the Lord shooed him a tree. Woo! Hey, Amen. I'm going to get there in just a minute. <laughs> he showed him something, and he's speaking to him. Man, not only did God speak to Moses, he's going to speak through Moses to that whole crowd. He's got a word for him. He said, tell them if thou wilt diligently hearken on the voice of the Lord God, God, and we'll do right in the sight, and we'll give you His commandments, keep His statutes. He said, oh, thank God I'm the Lord. I'm the healing one. I'm the Lord that healeth. Tell them, tell them a word for me. I'm gonna reveal myself like I didn't reveal myself to Abraham. I'm gonna show them I'm not just Jehovah Jireh. I'm Jehovah Rapha. I'm the one that can heal what's wrong in their life. Are y'all listening to this preacher? He ain't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. They're going to get to speak to him. There's going to be surrender there. Preacher, what do you mean? They're going to get to surrender to the Savior there. I've already mentioned it, but the Lord showed them a tree. And the Lord, verse 25, showed him a tree. Well, this is a picture of what God did for us when we was lost. Y'all know how our life was. We was bitter, amen, hateful. Look at the mess our life was in. And they showed him a tree. The picture in this is that as if it was the only tree. The Bible said he showed him a tree as if it took the Lord to see this tree. <laughs> you can't see the tree without him. Somebody help me. Woo! You pass by it. Your family can pass by it, but it's going to take the Lord to show you this tree. man, Somebody help me up in here. How great God in heaven is going. I'm glad today that God showed that tree to me. Hey man, And that tree, amen, was cast into the bitter waters of my life and took somebody bitter and tried my best to, man, to straighten up and I couldn't. But when the tree was cast into me, he made me Sweet day, man. That man, that that brought was gonna bring death was gonna bring life. It's oftentimes life is adversities that really shape us. I thought about that blacksmith. Brother Randy knows this. It was his family. You could go over to Fats. You could watch that man heat that metal up. There's no shaping the metal without some heat. It has to be beat on the anvil. It has to be hammered. And Jeremiah said, your words like a hammer. God had to put us through some fire. He had to put put us on the anvil of truth. He had to hammer us with the hammer of truth and shapes us. And Then he sticks us in the water and dunks us in the oil and puts us back in the fire and works on us some more and sticks us in the water and throws us in the oil. Y'all listen to this preacher. That's what God's doing with us. He's trying to shape us and strengthen us in this time of moral. Amen. See, it's kind of like, man, I, I feel I always have a pocket knife on me. Sometimes I got two. Hey, man, I like this. How's it feel to be blessed of the brother, brother Jared? You need this knife. Now you can take it two different ways. It's going to help you. I'm offering you this knife. If you take it by the blade, it's going to hurt you. But if you'll take it by the handle, it'll do the job it's intended to do. And sometimes God is offering us that that time of affliction. It's going to be a tool to shape us and sharpen us and strengthen us. But we take it by the blade and we get mad at God for hurting us. Oh, listen to me. It can be a tool that God can use in your life. If you take it wrong, then don't blame God. He sent it to help you. Has God ever done anything to hurt you? Has not everything been to shape you, strengthen you, sharpen you? you and show yes shine you up and make you usable for the glory of God what a picture of the cross of Christ amen he went down and died on an old rugged tree amen and you and I came in the bitterness and of our life and we fell on our knees and the fruit of that tree you see them first parents eat of the wrong tree and it brought bitterness to all of humanity but God's got another tree and it'll Woo! It has food to, uh, for healing and everlasting life. And if you'll come to this tree, it'll give you life evermore. You had bitterness, but you can have life. Amen. Not just a meeting place where they saw God do something, they spoke to God, they surrendered to the gospel plan. They seen Calvary in Marah. And I want to stay there longer, but I've already preached that message. But they had to follow a statute. They're going to get all this at Mara, they're not going to get it at Elam they're going to get to surrender to the gospel truth that one day God's going to have a tree and he'll be able to throw it to anybody. Hey Lord, I'm talking about three days and a tree is going to turn bitter into sweet. Are y'all listening to this preacher? And it's going to be no matter how old, how young, it don't matter how, much, how far you've been down the journey, it's going to help your soul. Hey man, Thank God for a tree that made a difference in you and made a difference in me and all God's people said. They got to surrender that. Then they had a statute to follow. Down at his meeting place. Notice what he said. There he made for them a statute in the ordinance, verse 25. And there he proved them. See this statute. He said, if you'll do it, I'll, I'll provide for you. He showed them the providence of God. It showed them the provisions of God. It showed them the protection of God. It reminded them of the pardon of God. They're going to get all of that by the statute that he's delivered. Are y'all listening to this preacher? All you got to do is hear it. All you got to do is hearken. All you've got to do is heed. And if you'll hear hearken and heed, God will help you. Amen. Down at this meeting place. It's not just a meeting place though. It's a mirrored place. See this mirrored place? They're going to see some things about themselves that they've never saw before. They're going to see their own weaknesses down at Mara. When they look into them into the pools of Mara, they're not going to see a simple reflection. They're going to see the weaknesses and the vulnerability of their own failures. Because they don't show up when the sun's out. You see what kind of Christian you really are when the Mara's hit. I feel like preaching there a while. In reality, those around you will see the proof in your pudding by the path you take when persecution comes your way. Anybody can shout on when the sun's out. But when the storm's raging as they sung, when you don't feel like praying as he sung, will you keep praying, keep preaching, keep standing? Brother Gravely preached a message. Brother Jared sent it to me. Old David got down. He got fed up with a crowd that wouldn't stand up. He got fed up with a crowd that wouldn't speak up. He got fed up with a, hey, listen, I don't know about y'all, I'm fed up with it too. I'm fed up with preachers that care more about the pocketbook and the purse than they do about preaching the Bible. Say amen right there. am I a preacher, preach on. I, I'm fed up with Christians acting like a bunch of wimps. God don't want a bunch of wimps. Y'all look up here with your God-given eyeballs. He wants some godly men and some godly women and some godly young people. Don't be a bunch a panty lace the preachers be a man of God is everybody alright take a deep breath it's preaching time now I feel like somebody just fed me some black powder and my chicken feet in the fight I'm fixing to be turned loose like a fighting rooster I'm talking feel like spurring the devil somebody help me I'm talking about sin's wrong it's always wrong it don't care what the world says it might be lawful Hey, or legal but it don't mean it's lawful Amen, preacher. Is everybody with me? Pull back in. I, if you got your feathers ruffled, I hate it for you. Pluck them all I can tell you. Amen. Amen. There's a tendency in human nature to murder. At this meeting place, when they saw the sovereign, they surrendered to the Savior, when they spoke to God, when they received the statute of truth, when they caught the scriptures, delivered God's word and God's will, delivered to them, God's way delivered to them, there was a mirror reflection that showed them their turmoil, their weaknesses. It showed them their imperfections. It showed them the turmoil of their mind. You sit out there and, and you can't tell me that you don't have turmoil of your mind. I had to call some reinforcements in here the other night. Turmoil of my mind. Vulnerability of my mind. We're in a day that's like a pressure cooker. And, and I'm telling you, it's no days like these days. These are the days that we've preached about for years. I don't know why it surprised us. We've been preaching it's going to be this way since the hey, man preacher. Amen, preacher. It's here. We're in the last days. I don't know when the Lord's coming, but I know it's going to be a little while. <laughs> That's what he said a little while and he'll come. Amen. The turmoil of our mind, they're going to see the doubting, they're going to have their failures. The tendency of all human nature is to murmur. And you ever thought about this? It, it don't take a smart person to murmur, it's only two syllables. At murmur, you don't even have to open up your mouth. Murmur. I mean, you don't have to be an intelligent person to murmur. It's just human nature to murmur. Say, hey, man. It's simple. It's simple, but it's sinful. Hey, man. God help us to quit murmuring all the time. Don't act like you don't do it. If you don't stand out there, I want to take my picture with you. Amen. To murmurs, our tendency, brother and sister, brethren. Please listen to me. I've been, before it can ever help you, it has got to help me. And it does, the pulpit to the pew, nobody's exempt. How long you've been saved, nobody's exempt. And if we don't watch it, that murmuring problem will become our problem. It got catching. Man, everybody went to murmur. There's has no, no sense in it. It takes no wit in it, no thought of it. It's a cry of some old brute murmur. Hey, man, just a double groan murmur. I mean, it don't take much effort. Everybody just does it. Y'all know I'm right. It takes effort to say, "Woo! hallelujah, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. Why don't you try that on once in a while? Hey, man, I remember one day I first got to say, I guess God let me experience this. I was up there, we are kneeling on them. And it's my fault, I know. But my Uncle Barry provoked me. He said, I bet I can get this thing along quicker than you. And he just tapped, I mean you know one hit pumping is in there and I did it and I hit the wrong nail how <laughs> I many blood applied, hand, fingers split open and I said "Whoa!" I guess thank God I got a finger to bust amen I know it was the grace of God don't act like I ain't acting like I'm holy it just happened to hit me at the right time I was singing and praising the Lord and that's what God wants us to, anybody can complain murmur and say why does God not love me no more hey man nobody's like they used to be nobody's what they ought to be yeah and you ain't either say amen woo preach on preacher this ain't a window to look at nobody else it's a mirror are y'all listening boy they're seeing all kinds of stuff they're seeing a the turmoil of their mind their tendency they're seeing their thirst I mean they've got a thirst they've been three days they got kids that's gonna die They got kids that's going to die. Mamas and dads, y'all look up here at your preacher. You've got spiritual children. You've got literal children. And the tendency is to murmur, complain rather than call on God. While they were complaining, Moses was crying. While while they were complaining to everybody around, Moses was crying to the one that could change what was going on around. The sad thing is, if he hadn't cried out, they'd have left thirsty for another several days. Are y'all listening to your preacher? Maybe your kid's getting a spiritual drink are going to be dependent on how you react, how you receive by the blade or by the handle. Is everybody with me? See, here's the tendency. I'm going to get in tonight's message. Some of you ain't going to be back, so you're going to get two doses right now. Here's one thing about the message tonight. I'll never forget me and my, me and my buddy was talking. Good man. I mean, he's a Marine. I didn't get no who out of Hey, man, I didn't get no. He's a, I'm going to start top one more time. He's a Marine. man, And, uh, I mean, amen. I mean, he, I don't care if he's 70. Once a Marine. I, and, I mean, he's a Marine. Tough guy. And he had to stay in the church. Because people were breaking in. And he's heard something go. Ch-ch. Now, for y'all that go to the shooting range. In my opinion. That's your backyard. But, if y'all, y'all know what that racking sounds like. Sound just like somebody racked a gun. He called his buddy said, "My, you better get down here. I'm telling you right now, somebody's in here and bring all your guns. He come down there. He had an AR-15 slung over his back, one of them three-point slings, had two pistols in his hand, brought him a pistol. He said, let's go click. And he said, man, we look like we look like we was back in the army. He said, he said, we'd stack up on the wall. We'd clear the rooms, come out, cleared all the rooms, went into the sanctuary. Everybody's gone. And then we'd walk back and said, well, they must have left and heard it again. Shh, shh, I said, during that bathroom. So they, they, they got ready. He said, we thought about start shooting when we opened the door, but was a little concerned. And when we opened it, went through the stalls. Nobody was in there. Nobody was in there. He said, man, we started walking back out and heard it again. He said, it was the air freshener. But when you're dark and you've got bitter times, an air freshener sounds like somebody's fixing to cut your head. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Preach on preacher. Y'all know that's right. Things that seem like they're, they're nothing. But everything is blown out of proportion. Every little prairie dog looks like a, one of them TRT, T-Rexes. Hey man, every, every little thing that runs around, every rat looks like a dragon. I mean, it's blown out of proportion. Are y'all, are y'all with me? And here's what happens. These troubles, this thirst... This, this this time of turmoil, if you don't watch it, this this testing times, it, it will instead of being something that can shape you, sharpen you, and strengthen you, it's gonna show up on you. And it's gonna reveal your vulnerability. Now, how you react at that moment is gonna determine what happens in the next few days. What happens, how you react... You've, you've been aware of your own weaknesses. You've seen your vulnerability. You've seen your failures. You, you've seen your foes. You've seen that things that are so small that it's, it looks huge like it's out to destroy you and it's there just to sweeten the air. Somebody help me. How I mean, you're in that situation and all you see is trouble, turmoil, and thirst. But if you turn your back now, it's going to wreck you. It's going to ruin you. And watch what happens. They turned their back on the man of God. They attacked him. See, some of you probably thinking right now, well, I'm just going to have to change churches. I'm going to have to change jobs. I'm going to, have to get somewhere. No, the problem is you. Somebody help me. I've been there too. I know how the flesh works. I told Jerry the other day, if I thought, brother, if I thought that, you know, one of them potato pillars, if I thought Shaving some of this flesh off. I'd do it. I know it hurt. If I thought that would help me, they sometimes, I like just, bro, get over here, I'm manning up, cut some of this off. But it ain't gonna do it. See, the problem is, God is working down in the depths of the inside. He's letting you see some things that other people can't see. Not just your outward uh, reflection. He's trying to reveal at the mirrored place your inward perfect imperfections and and see it's down there that if you don't watch it you'll be like most humanity most fickle mutable humanity and and you won't be stout enough to blame God you'll try to blame the instrument of God you'll try to blame they they were blaming they were complaining what does it say What shall we drink? Moses, it's your fault we're out here. No, God was just the instrument. God just used Moses as the instrument to bring them out. Is everybody with me? It's kind of like the dog. I hesitate. This person is not here in the community no more. I'm not trying to witness to them. I don't even know if they're alive. So I'm going to use this illustration. I was out witnessing, knocking on doors. And right where this Jewish lady lives over right here that we're all praying for, and all God's people said, that she gets saved. Hey, man, God's going to bring her in. Where she lives, there was a man that was mean to his dog. Listen, I don't like meanness. There ain't no sense of being mean, though, dog, just, just for meanness. I mean... If it won't hunt, beat it. Somebody say, Amen. Daddy said, Why feed it if it won't hunt? Amen. Uh, but but I'm talking about just outright mean. This, he would whistle, this dog come to him. Come up to him, he'd pet him, take a stick, and go to bite, beating him with it. Dog would run off, he'd call him back, and that, cra- that old dog wanted love so much, he'd run up to him, he'd beat him again. I said, Hey! Won't you put that stick on me and see how I like it? I know y'all probably more Christian than that. I wasn't. I wasn't pastoring here about five years. I hadn't really got sanctified yet. But I noticed something about that dog. It bit the stick instead of the man. T- turning on the Bible, turning on the preacher would be no more sense than a dog biting a stick. The stick ain't the problem. Y'all listen to this preacher. Hey, it's not the instrument hey, it's, hey, it's whose will the instrument, why, why don't you just quit being hypocritical, why don't you just come clean and get out here on this altar and say God I'm blaming everybody else and the reality is it ain't my husband, it ain't my brother, it ain't my sister but it's me Lord and the truth is I've been mad at you because you let this happen, hey man preacher preach on it's when you get to that place where you said there's no turning back, I don't care how good I thought the onions was, I don't care how how good I thought them leaks was they ain't nothing for me in Egypt how am I going with God sink or swim no turning back no turning on the man of God no turning on God if you'll get like that God will help you and you'll get a blessing out of your bitter times lastly it's a momentary place here's what I've been wanting to get <laughs> Woo, <laughs> it ain't forever, it ain't forever, it ain't forever, it's not forever, it's not forever, somebody over here ain't listening, it ain't forever, it's not forever, y'all ain't listening over here, it's not forever, it's momentary, it's, it's, it's just going to last just for a little bit, woo, amen, it's a meeting place. Hey, man, it's a mirrored place. Not outward reflection, inward imperfection. You're going to see the sovereign surrender to the Savior. It's going to shape you, strengthen you, sharpen you. You're going to get to see you. Quit looking at everybody else. But it's momentary. Y'all watch this. 1 Corinthians 15 57 says this Thanks be to God which giveth us the victory. <laughs> Whoop! Anytime you see that ETH, I'm, well, fixing the tap you to run, hey, amen. Anytime you see that ETH, that's a perpetual, ongoing, never ending good day, bad day. Believe it or not, whether I like it or not. hey man, It continues. If you're saved, God gives and 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 gives when you look for it, when you ain't looking for it, when you're mad at Him, when you're complaining about Him, when you're murmuring. He giveth us the victory. Woo! Ain't you glad? It's momentary. Notice this. Elam was nine miles from Mara. Not even a half a day's journey, walking. They say, I don't know. I don't want to try it. They said you could walk twenty miles. I ain't gonna. I, I'm not. Jeff. The only reason I'm walking that far. <laughs> As Michael Kerr's got some brisket on the grill. Amen. That's it, Brother Tony. Still mad at Austin for robbing me. Amen. But but thank God for the opportunity to see that in our text, it's not even a half a day's journey. They're nine miles from 12 wells. They're nine miles from 12 wells. They're nine miles from 12 wells. It's just a moment. It's the next verse. It's right now it might be tomorrow, it might be Tuesday don't kick out, don't turn you back, it's just momentary it's fixing a change hey man, the seasons are going to change here's what Elam means see, Mara was campground number one out of Egypt but Elam is campground number two out of Egypt it's momentary this word Elah means palms it, it gives the idea of what's convenient commodious comfortable <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> a place of plenty of water plenty of food plenty of fellowship plenty of fragrance Amen. hallelujah it kind of reminds me about how we act in a adversity. You remember when David finally took the throne and he had some men and they were mighty men. They were zealous, but not really according to knowledge. And they went and killed some of Saul's sons. And they ran back. And remember that one done killed his armor bearing him and he didn't go good for him. Oh, this guy kills one of Saul's sons, runs back, tells David, I killed one. And David basically said, Look, there's a man come told me he killed Saul in the armor bearer. It didn't go good for you, or him, and it ain't gonna go good for you. He said, You know, don't, don't touch. God gives life, let God be the one that takes life. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God didn't tell me to kill them, you took that on yourself. If it had been the Amalekites or the Amorites, or that be different. But God didn't tell me to kill one of his own people. God, help us not to turn on God's own people. Somebody ought to say amen right there. But here's what David said in the midst of saying that. There's a little section at the end of verse 9, 2 Samuel 4, 9. As the Lord liveth, who hath redeemed my soul out of all Adversity since God's no respecter of persons brother Jared I can take that verse and apply it to my life cause I'm glad we already know the truth y'all look up here at your preacher David's already said it God's no respecter of person he changeth not Jesus Christ the same yesterday today and forever and what does that verse say that God will deliver us out of all adversity it's going to change it's only momentary God it's going to change, say amen it's going to get better David's promised it see Canaan was waiting on Victoria's life waiting on everybody here but it's not going to come without struggle says you come up here and get ready just wait one second before you play see living over there in victory is, is, is available but it's not going to come without struggle you're going to have to have, go through those Mars. It's going to strengthen you, sharpen you, shape you. Hey, Amen. Y'all with me. It's going to show you some things about yourself. But I'm going to tell you what else it's going to do. It's not only going to go show yourself about yourself, it's going to show you. whoa, Not just a lesson that has to be learned now. But it's going to show you the 12 wells the fullness of the grace of God. The fullness of the ministry of God. The 70 palm trees. A place of revival and restoration. It's going to point you in that direction. It's going to show you that place. They was just nine miles from Elam in Mara, Just right around the corner. I believe everybody here could walk nine miles. If you can't walk, crawl nine miles, it'll be worth it when you get there. It ain't gonna come without struggle. It's not proper English, but it's proper attitude. It ain't gonna come without struggle. Is everybody with me? But it's not gonna be without success. Church, there is a well waiting on us. We have the wells of salvation. Amen. Amen. It's not gonna be without settlement. It's not going to be without struggle. It's not going to be without success. You will succeed. You will get there. God will strengthen you. He may have to take you through another trial like he did in, in the next chapter. If you don't learn it tomorrow, you're going to head for another one. And look up here at your preacher. If we, act, if we react better to the first Mars, well, it might exempt us from a few other Mars coming down the road. Preach on, preacher. It's not going to be without struggle. But it's not going to be without success. You will succeed. But it's not going to be without a settlement. You're going to have to settle in your heart. I'm staying. The answer is not bolting. Amen. The answer, the answer is not running away. But I'll tell you what, it's never going to happen without the sovereign. You, you're going to have to say, and, and here's what he says in verse number 26 If thou wilt, if thou wilt if thou wilt diligently hearken if you'll hear it if you'll heed it if you'll hearken to it you'll find the help you need you'll find me as the haven you need here's what I'm thinking brother Jared. there's some sinners in here I want you to stand with your heads bowed and your eyes closed just wait one second sis. there's some sinners in here Needs to repent. Run to that tree. There's life forevermore. There's a home in heaven.